Good morning, family. You ever thought about your purpose, your part, your role within the body of Christ? I remember as a young Christian, uh, very new to Christ, and I was in awe of all the people that were around me, and I thought, wow, they, they really have an important part to play. An uh, elder, a youth minister, uh, some ladies of the congregation. I didn't see really where I fit, really what I had to offer as part of the body of Christ. In 2023, our theme is steadfast, and we're thinking a lot about what God has called us to be, who God has called us to be, and how that plays itself out. Our theme verse is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. If you want to follow along in your Bible, you turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. The scripture reads, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Now, this scripture kind of has two parts, and that's where we're going to be this whole year. Just give you a heads up. The first is the things that never change, the unchanging truths in an ever-changing world. The, the things on which the church should be firm and have convictions about, the steadfast, immovable teachings of Scripture and the teachings of Jesus and the apostles. The second part of this is where we're going to be today, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And as we talk about always abounding in the work of the Lord this year, we're going to think about what that looks like for you within the kingdom and for you within the congregation here at Northside, the family here at Northside. Uh, we've had our ministry fair, I don't know how many years we've done that, but it's a good thing. It's an opportunity to see all of the options for you as a member of the Northside Church of Christ to plug in, to serve. Uh, these are things that we've, you know, that God's brought us to over the years. Opportunities to serve uh, abound. If you walk through the the multipurpose room before services, uh, you saw how many opportunities there are. And if you didn't catch the ministry fair, we're going to have it open after services, and I hope that you'll go in there. But it's more than just looking at the opportunities; it's actually deciding where do I fit. What's God called me to do? Um, and so, as we think about ministry fair, this is kind of what that looks like in, in our context. But the real purpose behind that event is this. We want every member at Northside to be a minister. Uh, people might ask, you know, me, uh, where do you serve? Yeah, I'm the preaching minister at the Northside Church of Christ. Oh, well, how many ministers do you have? Now, there's two ways I could answer that. I could say, well, we have about five full-time. Or I could say, well, we should have about 600. Because as part of the body of Christ, God wants every part functioning, active, and serving. And beyond, in, in addition to what God desires, our shepherds desire the same thing. They want every part plugged in. Uh, they want every Christian connected. They want every member using their gifts to serve in ministry. Um, 
And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then maybe give you a challenge and hopefully this will encourage and, and inspire you to think about where you fit within the body of Christ. Why do, we, why do we want involvement? Why do we want connection? Why do we want service? I mean, wouldn't it be easier if we just had no ministries at all? And all we had to do was come here for an hour or two a week and worship and, and just listen to me talk for 20 or 30 minutes and then wrap it up and go home? And there are some of you who do that, but that's not good for you. It's not healthy for you, spiritually speaking. It won't help you grow. It won't help you mature. You'll never become fully what God intended you to be within the body if you don't exercise your gift, if you don't put it into action. And that's our first point. Why we want every member a minister is this. Because God wants every gift used. It's a spiritual issue, but, but even more than that, it's a stewardship issue. Think about it. God made you. He formed you. Soul, spirit, body, mind. Now, God doesn't create anything or anyone without purpose. So, what is your purpose? I said it's a spiritual issue. It's also a stewardship issue. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 25. I know 1 Peter 4 is on your screen, but I want you to turn to Matthew 25 because I want us to think about this just a little bit more than maybe we normally do. Matthew chapter 25. If you don't know where Matthew 25 is, let me encourage you to get a pew Bible. Turn to page 1066. Matthew 25, verse 14. Jesus is here telling a parable. He's comparing, he's describing the kingdom. He says, For it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. He had received, who had received the five talents, went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So see, the five talent servant became a ten talent servant. And so also he who had two talents made also two talents more. So the two talent servant becomes a four talent servant. But he had received the one talent, went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. And now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And, and he who received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you've delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent, not much, but he hadn't changed. He didn't grow. He did nothing with what God had given him. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you Scattered no seed. 
So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, what you have is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and my coming you would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. So the five talent became a ten talent. Now he has eleven talents. For to everyone who has, he will, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And the one who had one talent now had nothing. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That story tells a lot of profound truths, and I'm not going to go into all of them, but one of them is God takes very seriously what he gives you. God takes very seriously what he has entrusted you with, and he expects you to take it seriously as well. And so my question is, what has he given you? What natural gifts and abilities? Uh, what situation in life? Uh, what, what has he given you that he expects a return on? Every talent to you that's given to you is on loan from God. And someday he expects it back with, with even more in return. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you watch the show Shark Tank. Have you watched that show? Anybody? Raise your hands. Nobody watches TV in here? Okay. I know you're all standing at your phones all the time. So, um, we've, we love that show, and we watch it as a family. And it's, it's neat to see and learn about uh, uh, entrepreneurialism and capitalism and investment, and you learn a lot of good lessons on that show. There's there's one character on there, if you watch the show, you know who it is. It's Mr. Wonderful. He sits at the center. And uh, he's a little more, he can be a little more cold in some regards. But he always says, well, I, I want to know, if I invest my money with you, how do I get my money back? Now, that's a, that's a worldly, okay, we're using a, a worldly store here. Please don't confuse me with prosperity gospel or anything like that. But if someone like Kevin O'Leary, who's got multiple, multiple millions of dollars, and he's asked to invest 100000 or 50000 he's still just as concerned with how he gets his investment back. Jesus tells a story and says, God creates you, and he's given you talents and abilities and gifts. But he's just as concerned with the return that he'll receive on what he's given to you. And so the question is, how good of a steward are you with what God has given you? Oh, those entrepreneurs, they have some great openers, they have some great business plans, they have big ideas. But if they don't keep number one, which is, how do I return the investor's money to him, they probably won't get an offer. We have to think about it with what God has given us. God expects every talent to be used and not hidden. He expects you to grow in your gifts and in your talents and in your abilities. Now, we look at 1 Peter 4, verse 10, which is on the slide. 
Peter writes this. For as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. See, this is where the worldly and the spiritual kind of diverge. Because if you think, well, if I, if I get an investment and I have a successful business and I'm, I'm doing really well, I make multiple millions of dollars, then I get to spend it on myself. But in the kingdom, God's given you your talents, your gifts, your abilities as an investment. Not to use on yourself, not to glorify yourself, but instead, as Peter says, to serve one another. And look what he says, as good stewards of God's varied grace. So how do you use what you've been given? Do you use it for your own glory or do you use your gifts for God's glory? That's a very different thing. Paul uses another picture. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He uses the illustration, the picture of a body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and He says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Now, let me read you some more of that. Keep reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For in one spirit we were baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all made of one, uh, to, to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? This is important to understand that the church is the body of Christ, not the building of Christ. A church is not a social club or a country club or a place. Church is a people. Church is a body. Church is a community. And and as a body, my question is, what part are you? God wants each part to play its own part. God wants each part to do its part for the whole body to work together. Now here's a challenge. Usually in the body of Christ, every part has spiritual envy over another part. Yeah, you know, I wish I could sing like Brent Groves. I wish I was as great with people as Will Mukes. But you're not. Because you can't be Brent Groves. You can't be Will Mukes. You were created to be you. God gave you certain abilities and and gifts. And and you trying to emulate other people's part doesn't work. The whole body can't be an eye. The whole body can't be a mouth. The whole body can't be an ear. We're all different. We're all gifted differently differently. The point is not what part are you. The point is how do you play your part? Perhaps you've seen this illustration that I'm about to share. And I have to warn you, for those of you whose kids didn't leave the auditorium, what I'm about to show you is a pretty graphic image. 
Okay? So you need to prepare, if you've got young kids in here, uh, for what I'm about to show you. And you might, if you have sensitive eyes as well. Uh, you perhaps saw what happened earlier uh, this week. I, I'm sorry. Now, this is not, I know. We, February 13th, 2023, a day which will live in infamy. Chick-fil-A, someone had the brilliant idea that we should stop being a chicken company and, and try deep-frying cauliflower and put that into sandwich form. Um, yes, pray against this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> for, the, for the moment, it's limited to just three markets, Denver, Colorado, South Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, our family canceled all travel plans to those places. Um, <laughs> This is, this is wolves in sheep clothing kind of stuff. We don't need this kind of stuff in our world. We've, ha- we've been through too much already. Now, I make that funny point to make a serious point. Don't forget who you are. It, it's really important that we not forget who we are. And that's true individually, and that's true collectively. You all, collectively, are the church. If you're a Christian, you are the body of Christ, Paul says. Don't forget who you are. Don't be trying to make friends with the world. Uh, Don't be trying to work things in the worldly ways. Don't be trying to do things like a a, a Fortune 500 company. You are the church. So don't forget who you are. There was a conference room, I'm sure. I can picture it now. Probably members of the Kathy family there. And somebody pitched the idea. What? Stay with me, guys. What if we went to Cauliflower? And, And in that moment... Somebody should have stood up and said, wait a second. That's not who we are. We we make no qualms about, we're not call filet, we're chick filet. We were designed with purpose in mind. Okay, the second part of that is not just you collectively, but you individually. You play your part. You, you do your role. You use your gifts. Don't try to, to mix and match these things. You see, if you go to Chick-fil-A and you look at the menu, you will find healthy options and you will find non-healthy options, okay? When you go up to the counter, you have to decide which kind of person you're going to be. It would be salad and grilled chicken, or it would be a milkshake and waffle fries. Okay? But the moment you try to mix these things, you know, they try to start blending kale into the shakes, I'm done. Okay? That's it. Okay? Because we have forgotten each part has a part unique to itself. And so... The kale is not the brownie, the salads aren't the milkshakes, the cauliflower isn't the chicken. Simple point, hopefully a little humor, but you understand what the point I'm trying to make. Don't forget who you are. And don't forget who you 
individually are. Decide who you're going to be. Decide who God has called you to be and play that role well. This leads us to the second point. That is very simply this. We want every member a minister. In first, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're in verse uh, 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts and yet one body. Okay, we, we got to understand this when we think about 1 Corinthians 12. Number one, there's just one body and it's intended to be one. One Lord, one spirit, one faith, one baptism, one gospel. And we tempt to be the, the body of Christ pictured in Scripture. Second, the body has many members. They're all different. Every part plays a part. But Peter wasn't Paul. And James wasn't Barnabas. They had different roles that God had given them, different gifts that God had given them. And if, unless they did fulfill their calling as who they were individually, they could, the body would never be all that it could be. And that's the last point. All the parts... We work as one. I was thinking about that when I was walking through the ministry fair, just looking at how does all this get done? How do we minister to women, serve teens, uh, have greeters, uh, launch ambassadors? How do we work with little kids with blast? How do we do things with the youth group? How do we, how do we do all of this? It's because individual people called by God, created by God on purpose, for purpose, using their gifts to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So here's my final question for you, and it is a personal one. It's the title of the sermon. If you're a Christian, which part are you? What part are you playing? What role are you serving in? Um, a good question might be to ask, what's your gift? We, we have the involvement survey and that's fine, but you might be sitting there thinking, I don't, I don't know really what my part is. I don't know where I fit. And maybe you need to spend some time with scripture and spend some time in prayer and ask yourself for some, for some wisdom, ask God for some wisdom to find out which part you are. Some things to think about. What are you good at naturally? Do people tell you, you're really good at this. You should do more of that. If there are things that come naturally to you, then, then keep doing those things. What keeps you up? What fires you up? What gets you excited? What gives you joy? I can think of so many ministries that have started. They didn't start with Mark saying, we're going to put this one on the involvement survey. They didn't start with the elders sitting around a table thinking, we need this ministry. It came from a, a member of our congregation saying, this is on my heart. Now, women walking with God will minister to thousands upon thousands of women. And that came from Cindy Tandy having something on her heart. And Debbie Miley having something on her heart. We didn't dream that up. 
They said, this is something that God has put on my heart that I need to do to fulfill my calling and my purpose. And the cool thing is when you find that calling and that purpose, it gets you excited and passionate and you begin to bring other people along with you. There's countless examples of this, but I want to ask you to think about it. What do you agonize over? What what do you think, man, the church really needs this. I feel like God is calling me to this. Now, if you don't know, if you're still unsure, uh, I want to give you an opportunity. You have it in the handout, but you can also scan this QR code. And if you do that, this will give you something different than the involvement survey. This will give you a spiritual gifts assessment. Now, there's lots of these, and there's no perfect one, so I don't need your criticism. I just, I just if, you, if you are unsure and you need a tool, this is something that you can use. This is something that you can use to sort of figure out maybe where you fit if you're unsure. What, what, where might you gravitate towards? And then the next question is not, okay, well, here's how great I am. But the question is, how do I use these gifts now to serve? That'd be a cool meeting to go to Mark and say, I've got these gifts. And I think that this assessment is right. I think this would be good. How can I use these gifts to serve within the body? That's cool. That's great. So if you don't know, if you're unsure, make sure you either scan that there or scan it in your handout if you're watching online or, or you can talk to Mark. But Use your gifts to serve, whatever they are. And if you're not sure what those gifts are, we can help you to determine that. Okay, we have talked enough on spiritual gifts. I do hope that you've taken the time to fill out the involvement survey. I do hope that you'll make time, if you haven't already, to attend the uh, ministry involvement fair, the ministry fair, rather, um, and find a way to get plugged in to serve, to use your gifts to glorify God. Now, just one other question before we close, and that is this. This whole sermon has been directed to the body of Christ, okay? My question is, are you in the body of Christ? Well, Jesus said you you can't be within the body unless you're born again. Unless you believe and are baptized into Christ, you're not a part of the body of Christ. If you know that Jesus is the Son of God, and you're willing to acknowledge that your sin separates you from God, and you're willing to turn away from that and begin to walk in the light and to be immersed into Christ, we'll be happy to bring you into the body of Christ this very day. And we can make that happen. If you'd like to make that decision, here we're going to sing a song. Brent's going to lead us in it, and you can head to the back. Speak with one of our shepherds, and they'll point you in the right direction for being added to the body of Christ if you're part of the body of Christ, but if you're just quite honest, you, you've been handicapped, you've been not doing your part, uh, maybe you need to repent, maybe you need to ask for direction, um, if we can help you with that way, in that way, we would be glad to help you to be a part and to do your part within the body of Christ. Whatever your need might be, if you have a spiritual need of this congregation, please head to the back as together we stand and sing.